This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 14, How to Help Others Shine. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. I'm so excited to dive into today's topic, which is how to help others shine. Maybe this is something you've thought about for your family members, for your kids, for other people whom you are leading or serving or helping while at church. How do you help them shine? Well, we're going to get into that and I can't wait. But first, let's read the review of the week. This is from LSDM2. She says, I like the combination of straightforward discussion of current faith topics, personal stories, and quotes from prophets and scripture. Her tone is encouraging and free of judgment. The invitations inspire further thought and consideration. Looking forward to hearing more. Well, thank you for that thoughtful review, LSDM2. I am so happy that you think that my tone is encouraging and free from judgment because I will be honest, this is something that I have agonized about. How do I approach some of these topics that are potentially controversial without being judgmental and without having this tone of you know, looking down on people who may be making different choices, and that's never what I want. So I'm so glad that, at least to you, my tone has been encouraging and free from judgment. I hope it continues to be so as we get into some more potentially controversial topics as we are going. Thank you to all, again, who have left ratings or reviews. And if you would like to be the reviewer of the week and receive a special gift as a thank you from me, please leave me a five-star review. Tell me one thing that you have learned so far, something that has encouraged you, something that has stood out to you. And if I read it on the air, I would be happy to send you a little gift as a thank you. And to the reviewer of this week, LSDM2. If you will contact me via DM on Instagram, via email, via contact form on my website, lynetteshepherd.com, let me know I read your review on the air and I would be happy to send you a gift as my thank you for you. All right, my friends, let's talk about our topic for this week, which is how to help others shine. A few years ago, I asked my mom to tell me what I was like as a child. And she said, well, you like to have things your way and you're willing to do just about anything to get things your way. This was enlightening on a couple of levels. First, now I know where my kids get it. Second, this part of my personality that struggles to let go of control, something I still to this day fight every day of my life, it came with me to earth. It was evidenced even in my earliest days, and it's funny that that's what my mom pointed out, was that I just wanted to have things my way all the time. Now, some of us, including myself, may have to work harder 
than others to overcome the natural man. And that is okay. And I think that sometimes the Lord must be looking down on me from heaven and saying as he shakes his head, the natural man is strong with that one. And it is. And I own that. And Maybe I am the only one who struggles with letting go of control, though I have a hunch that maybe others are in the same boat with me. And just in case you might be one of them, I want to share today a few things that I have learned along my journey to overcome my micromanaging tendencies and what this has taught me about helping others to shine. Basically, I'm going to share lots of of mistakes that I have made and what I have learned from them. And then I'm going to show you how to use this information to help others to stand and to shine brighter. Now, my tendency to control much more than I ought to control turned into a big problem when I became a parent because I had a clear picture of how I wanted my kids to turn out. Basically, I wanted them to be perfect, and I was terrified that they would not grow into the responsible, respectful, resourceful, faith-filled, independent, resilient people that I wanted them to become. And also, I was terrified of them making me look bad by not becoming what I thought they should become. And I thought that I could maybe control the outcome if I could control the process. So I tried my best to do just that. I stood over them and I dictated exactly what they should do, when they should do it, how they should do it. When they didn't do things exactly like I wanted them to, I got frustrated. I corrected the mistakes immediately. And sometimes I told them to step aside and let me do it because I could not be bothered with their childhood incompetence. Please tell me I am not alone. At this point in my life, I saw mistakes as evidence of failure on the part of my kids and my part, because if I was a better mom, then they wouldn't make mistakes. I thought failure would keep them from developing into the perfect people I wanted them to be. And so I tried to avoid it at all costs. After many years of this type of parenting, because remember, the natural man is strong with me, and so I am a slow learner sometimes, but I had an epiphany. I realized that I was shooting myself in the foot. I wanted to raise kids who are responsible and respectful and resourceful and all these other great qualities, but they were my kids were not turning into responsible humans because I was taking 100% of the responsibility for their behavior and the things that they did. And they were not learning the skills that they needed to learn because I was always there to dictate the entire process. They were really learning to be kind of helpless because I was doing way too much of the controlling and the managing. Not only that, but I saw resent creeping into my relationship with my kids. I resented them because I felt like I had to do everything. And why couldn't anybody just step up and do something around this house? Why do I have to do it all? And my kids resented me because I wasn't giving them any breathing room. Apparently, people don't like that, even if they are only children. I was also stressed out and I was overwhelmed because I was doing all of this stuff and I wasn't seeing the results that I, that I wanted. And I was anything but joyful, which we talked about last week. 
and I realized that something needed to change. I realized that I needed to stop doing everything. So I did. I stopped doing everything. I gave my kids responsibility, things to do, things to follow through with, and then I held them accountable for that follow through. I taught them how to do things and then I stepped away. And sometimes I had to force myself to go in another room and let them do it because if I was in the same room, then it was way too tempting for me to try to control all the process. I stopped seeing mistakes as problems or evidences of failure on their part or on my part. And I started seeing, seeing mistakes as opportunities for growth. What happened next was almost miraculous. The kids learned to be responsible. They developed all sorts of skills. As their competence increased, so did their confidence. Their lives were blessed on so many levels because they were active participants in the work of learning of growing, of developing, and becoming. Not only that, but I felt so much less stressed. I was no longer resentful, and the kids no longer resented me most of the time. Let's be honest, some kind of, some resent is normal from kids to parents, but it wasn't all the time that they resented me. And overall, it was a win-win. But why am I telling you a story about parenting? And what does this have to do with helping others shine? Let's step back for a minute and look at the Lord's plan of leadership. Because helping others is always about leadership. Whether we are talking about being a parent, parenting is leadership. Whether we are talking about leading others in a church capacity and some sort of a calling, that is leadership. If we are talking about just serving and helping and lifting, that is leadership. So what does the Lord, as the ultimate leader, have in mind for us? How does he want us to learn, to grow, and to develop? In Abraham chapter 3, verses 22 through 25, the Lord lays it out. This is what I like to think of as the great premortal leadership training meeting. And at this leadership training meeting, the Lord showed unto Abraham the noble and great ones that were assembled before the world was. God told Abraham that he would make these noble and great ones his rulers. They would be God's leaders. And it says, There stood one among them that was like unto God, and he said unto those who were with him, remember, the noble and great, the future leaders of his church, he said, We will go down, for there is space there, and we will make an earth whereon these may dwell. And we will prove them now herewith, to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. We talked last week in our lesson on joy a little bit about proving. And what what exactly does proving mean? We talked about it last week in the context of trials. A lot of times the Lord uses trials to prove us, but what exactly does prove mean? In the Webster's 1828 dictionary, prove is defined as to try, to ascertain some unknown quality or truth by experiment or by a test or standard. So, in other words, the Lord's plan that he shared with his future leaders in a great premortal leadership training meeting, and again, remember, we are all leaders in some capacity, 
was for each of God's children to have their memories veiled, to come to earth, and to learn by experiment. Experiment. What is the purpose of an experiment? To find the answer to a question or to test a hypothesis. When I was in elementary school, I loved the science fair. And not to brag or anything, but I do have several blue and red ribbons from my days as a budding scientist. And through that process of doing lots of science fair projects, I did learn a few things about experiments. I learned that they require active participation. I learned that they do not always go as planned. I learned that sometimes the hypothesis, or how you think the experiment will turn out, is not even close. It can be completely wrong. And sometimes we have to redo the experiment many times, tweaking different variables, trying different things, until we get the desired result. I learned that mistakes are part of the process. Experiments teach us what works, and they also teach us what doesn't work. And all of that knowledge contributes to our growth and understanding of that topic upon which we are experimenting. According to Abraham chapter 3, the same is true of our lives. We are here to be proven, or in other words, we are here to learn by experiment. We are here to learn by doing. We are here to learn by making mistakes and by trying again and again and again. We are here to learn from our complete and utter failure. This is God's plan. This is how we grow. This plan facilitates conversion as we learn how little we actually know and how much we need our Savior. But it is messy, which is hard for those of us who struggle to let go of control. But if we will recall, there were two plans presented to the Father in that great premortal council. One was a plan of learning by experiment which we have been talking about here today. The outcome of this plan would vary. Some would pass the test and some would not, but all would have the ability to choose, to learn, and to grow. The other plan presented that day was a plan of control. The outcome of this plan was certain. Everyone would return to live with God, but there would be no learning, there would be no growth, it would be a plan of stagnation. And which plan did the Lord choose? He chose the first. Preserving agency, even at the cost of seeing some of his children choose to walk away from him, was God's way. He knew that we could not grow without choosing to return to him. As a young mom, I was inadvertently employing Satan's plan in my home. I was thinking, I will make sure my children turn out the way I want them to by attempting to control every step of the process. I didn't realize this is what I was doing, but this is exactly what I was doing. I was trying to remove their agency, to control every step of the process so that they could turn out how I wanted them to be. Do we sometimes do this? as we try to help others brighten their light and come into the Savior? Do we maybe try to do too much for them instead of allowing them opportunities to learn by experiment? Are we afraid 
to push them because we fear they may fail? Do we withhold opportunities to learn and to grow because we worry that they might reject them? Again, we are here on earth to learn by doing. Our friends and children and neighbors are also here to learn by doing. With that in mind, how can we help others shine by inviting them to do something? This may look different depending on who we are helping. If it is our kids, it's going to look different than if it's somebody whom we minister to or somebody who we're sharing the gospel with or somebody whom we're leading in some capacity through a church calling. How can we encourage those within our circle of influence to come unto Christ? Remember that those are action words. Come unto Christ. That indicates a choice to move forward, to do something. How can we become a window to the Savior's love? How can we lead, guide, and walk beside without doing everything? How can we become and help others become true followers of the Savior, Jesus Christ? We are here to learn by experiment. All of us. Us as adults, our youth, as teenagers, our children, we are all here to learn by experiment. So try not to be like me in my younger days, terrified of failure terrified of my kids not becoming what I think they should be, terrified of letting go of any step of any process because it's not going to turn out the way I want it to if I let somebody else take the reins. That's not God's plan. His plan is for us to learn, to grow, and to become through action, through choosing through doing, through moving forward, through making mistakes, through all of the messy process. That is his way. So for your shine challenge this week, I invite you to consider one way you can do less so that those whom you lead in any capacity can do more because doing will help them shine no matter how messy the process is. So how can you do less so that somebody else can do more on their own journey? And then you can focus on your own journey because really control is an illusion and we can only control ourselves. We cannot control our kids. We cannot control the people whom we lead. We can only control, our, control ourselves. We can control how we show up. We can control the things that we do and the way that we shine our light. But we can only teach and train and provide opportunities for learning, for growing, for doing, for all the other people in our lives. So let's allow them to do more by stop being so afraid of letting go of control and having things not turn out the way that we want. Because we are not in control. The Lord is in control and his plan is not one of control. So let's follow his example, my friends, and together let's stand. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see you back here again next week. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. 
If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again. And remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.